Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast, and may the fourth be with you. All right, we have some great folks with us today. Uh, if you didn't get the intro, it is Star Wars Day, so I'd want to throw that out there. Um, with us today, we have Marty Sobo back with us. Hey, all. And we have two new folks with us today. We have Angie Fisher. Hello. Nice to be here. Yeah, it was good to have you. And we have Lynn Snyder here with us. Hey there. Good to be with you guys. Yes, we're glad to have you guys on. This is great. You know, we always love having new people on the podcast. And, you know, this is just a great conversation. We always have great talks on this show. So we're always glad to get folks that are interested in technology to come on here and talk with us to, on our topics. So, again, welcome. Thanks for being here. And we hope that you guys come back on future episodes. So as we typically do, Marty, do you want to give folks kind of the highlights of what you guys have been covering on Unmute Presents for the past week or two? Sure. Uh, let's see. Today, we dropped an episode all about Audio Vault and their website, what they do, which is, for those people who don't know, it is... Um, all audio, but it's old movies and television shows, everything from the 70s all the way up until the current, and it has audio description with it. And so you can download stuff off of there, and then you can put it on your phone or your devices, you know, all of that good stuff. So that was out today. You can check that out. We have our regular Friday Finds, which is news topics every week with Lynn. That comes out every mm -hmm. Friday. On Tuesdays, we do the live show in the morning, and that goes out as a podcast in the afternoon. And then on Sundays, we're always putting out something to teach a topic of some sort or another. So that's what's been going on. And check all that out and uh, go from there. Excellent. Um, Unmute Presents is a great show. And, you know, they have the ACB community call. So check that out. Uh, you could get involved and, and have your questions answered. It's great stuff. So. Um, I listened to the audio description episode this morning. It was great content, so check that out. You know, I've always wondered about the audio vault because, you know, any kind of, I think there's special rules in in audio description and those kind of things because, you know, you're, all of that content is for free, but it's, I always wonder about the legality of such a thing. And I was wondering if you guys, uh, you guys might want to touch on that in another episode if you guys have any information you know, is this, um, uh, you know, something that you have to be worried about at downloading free content that is, that is described? I think it's um, passable because uh, since there's no video with the audio content. Have you guys correct. heard that? And right. That is correct. And Audio Vault is also a nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. And so they're taking time to put it all together. Mm -hmm. And so that takes that off of you know, the big companies that are mm -hmm. putting this stuff out. So I think they kind of figure, hey, let's just let it happen mm -hmm. because it's just helping people you know, enjoy the content mm -hmm. who couldn't otherwise enjoy it. So, Right. It, it's just very interesting because, um, 
you know, there's always people out there that, you know, say, well, you're going against copyright, blah, blah, blah. But if it's a good service, I think it's a good service. So there was a, if you were to, if you were to go to a movie and you were someone who is either visual or hearing impaired, mm -hmm. you can get a special device to help right. you go to movie theater. It doesn't cost you any extra money and they'll just, you just got to ask for it and they'll right. give it to you. So. And I love right. getting audio described movies on iTunes and, and places like that. Although I wish that they would audio describe the TV shows. They don't there's do TV it. shows on there as well. There is on Audio Vault, but on iTunes, I have not seen oh, any. Yeah. Yep. Which I think is a shame. So. Yeah, and I think from from my own experience, um, it seems to me that sighted people can't stand audio description. <laughs> I mean, I know when I watch something with sighted family members when i have audio description on it tends to drive them it a little bit nuts. Them. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, so i don't really think people i mean some people might not mind that but mm -hmm. i think and, but then there are would, also people who are sighted who like it they, they like having it on kind of they don't have to necessarily keep their eyes on the screen as much yeah that's that true, right. well and that's what michael babcock was talking about in the episode that his wife will watch tv with him and she and doesn't do other have things. to be you know yeah yeah, yeah. so I think and you kind of know what's going on while you're doing mm -hmm. other things more than right. you would if you were just kind of watching a show right. in the background. Yeah, you have your eyes glued to the screen quite so much so you can do other things and still right. know what's. Yeah. Now, for me, what I do is I will like I'm going to go see a movie this weekend, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yay! So glad that's out. Mm -hmm. um, and I will watch it without description because I like the experience of seeing it with you know I I have some usable vision, so I like the experience of seeing it without audio description. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then when I get home and it's out on, you know, digital, I will watch it with to see what I've missed. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. amazed as a non, as a non-visual person, how much you miss about like, you know, you can watch, you can watch an episode of, of our movie or whatever that, that, you know, you think, you know, you know, back to front really well. And then you get the audio description component and it's like, wow. I missed so much. Right. You get like an mm -hmm. old movie that's been described. and Right. It's, it's a like, whole different Whoa. situation. Yeah. yeah. Especially like comedy and stuff where you oh, have definitely. to interpret mm -hmm. facial expressions right. in order to get, you know, the gist of oh. things. This is one of the things I wanted to talk about in our tech news. Um, you know, we just had the third season of Star Trek Picard, and I'm a huge Star Trek fan. And one of the things that they have done on YouTube is the they have a show called The Ready Room. It's where they talk about Star Trek and everything, you know, in involved in that. One of the things that they did for VR glasses users is do an, a tour of the Enterprise D bridge. And that was incredible because you don't have to use a headset to see it. Oh, great. And so what you can like I was able to get my iPhone as close to the, my face as I wanted to move the iPhone and it moved the perspective of the camera as if I was wearing glasses. Oh, wow. That's pretty Wow. Cool. That's pretty awesome. And so, you know, for me, sometimes the glasses make uh, things too far away, but this just, you know, having it right in front of my eyes was just like, wow, this is incredible because it really makes you feel like you're at that location. So you could, um, it was with Will Wheaton and, and um, I cannot remember the person's name who was in the art department. And 
they were talking and they were standing there and you could actually see them standing, walking around and they would have the camera um, in one place and then you could look around so you could actually see the rounded uh, light ceiling of the Enterprise, the dome where you could look into space, all those things. And it's like, you know, I've seen the show. I watched The Next Generation when I was a kid and then, you know, I'm kind of rewatching Star Trek now as an adult and just seeing it from that new perspective was incredible. And the fact that we have that technology now is just, you know, something that's really remarkable. And I think for people with low vision that have a hard time experiencing depth to be able to see it in that aspect, like, okay, there's a ramp that's going up there. There's steps over there. That's pretty incredible. So would you consider that like a VR experience? Like, Oh, for sure. It, yeah. it, it is a VR video. Um, YouTube mm-hmm. supports uh, VR content. And uh, apparently you don't need glasses to experience that. So that was really incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, I think VR is going to be a huge, um, probably the new thing that blind, visually impaired individuals are going to be able to benefit from. I think it's going to still take time. Um, yeah. You know, there's talk of, of um, you know, there's a lot of rumors and, and that kind of segues into our next thing. And that's mm-hmm. the rumors for WWDC coming up. You know, there's talk that we're going to see a new VR headset at WWDC. I don't know if that's the case, but that's the, the word. And it's going to supposedly run Reality OS. I don't know if that's the case, but I'm really excited to see if we get that or not. There's also talk of a 15-inch MacBook Air. It's almost confirmed. I mean, people that are on these websites are saying this will happen. I'm excited about the 15-inch MacBook Air. I think it's long overdue. I feel like the people who are MacBook Air users Mm -hmm. or any, you know, of the lower end uh not macbook pro they are always relegated to something 13 inch or less Mm -hmm. and it would be really great to have a macbook air and a 15 inch screen a lot of people would love that i think i know i would i would love to have a 15 inch macbook air yeah and i'm kind of thinking the speakers would would be better if i would imagine you you have more room Mm -hmm. and better battery yeah better battery yep the the talk is it probably will not have an m3 uh, so it'll have a M2 chip. I'm fine with that. But, you know, something I was thinking of, I thought, it's too soon for them to have an M3. And then I thought about it. I was like, no, it's been a year now. Mm-hmm. That's Almost, crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. That yep. is crazy that the M2 has been out that long. It doesn't really seem like it's been a year since they released. Because I guess... I think it's because we're not used to Max updating or being mm-hmm. updated this this quickly or this... Right. You know, back to back to back with that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I was year. surprised when they made the commitment to have all Macs updated to the M processor within two years. They almost got there, although they haven't said anything about the Mac Pro. So mm-hmm. who knows if they're going to do it and if they are going to do it, what they're going to do exactly. So it's kind of everyone's waiting to see, I guess. Well, in the podcast that I've watched, they've said that they don't even, a lot of people that use the MacBook, I mean, the Mac Pro used uh have been very happy with the mac studio and that's very interesting because when they um had the trash can mac as we call it people were not happy with that and it's a very similar design 
language, not the same design, but you know, it's everything's a peripheral. Everybody's happy with the Mac Studio, but they weren't happy with that trash can Mac. I didn't think they get. I, think I don't think they had the same results in terms of fans kicking on, overheating issues, and things like right. that, which they did have a lot with the trash can. But with the Mac Studio, they uh, aren't having those issues with this new M1 processor. You know, the fans and the overheating issues kind of have been resolved for the most part. And they did make that Mac Pro, which was modular, although I'm not sure how relevant modular is now. Right. So if they do come out with a new MacBook or a new Mac Pro, I'm not sure, is it going to be modular? And if it's not going to be modular, then what would be really the point if they have the Mac Studio? I'm kind of a little interested to see where they go and what they do, because if it's not modular, it's almost like the Mac Studio kind of covers Mm -hmm. that because... They get something that's way smaller with close to the same power or even more power for that matter. And nobody wants to buy a huge giant machine if they don't really need to. It'd so. be just empty air, you know, and right. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, the board would just be a very small thing inside that huge enclosure. So, uh, you know, with the, I don't think there's any, uh, GPUs that can work with the, uh, Apple Silicon machines yet. So I don't know that there's a need to. So I think when there's a need, they'll make it. But I think that the Mac Pro is kind of the, I mean, the Mac Studio is kind of that transitionary point, like, do you need it? And the the Mac Studio fulfills two spots, the 27-inch uh, iMac. iMac. And, and the uh, Mac Pro. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Yeah, so that's kind of one of the the bigger news stories. And then, um, you know, Google and Apple have been in the news that they've made a partnership. Uh, would have you guys researched this, or y'all want to talk about this one? Yes, that with the uh, the Air Tags, the tracking devices, mm-hmm. yeah, um, to try to stop some of the malfeasance that's going on, some of the bad behavior with stalking and other things it gives people more i guess awareness that they're being tracked something about the it when the tracker gets separated from the user's phone it's right. Um, several things. Some of some some of what they're trying to do here is they're trying to all get together and get on the same page, which is really great in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, that is a great. And thing. also, what they're yeah. trying to do is they're trying to make one kind of thing within the operating system instead of a standalone app. So mm-hmm. it'll make it harder to do foul play mm-hmm. with it if it's built into the operating system. And then once they have that implemented. It'll be able to be across all of the trackers, not just Apple's tracker. You know, it'll be able right. to be on the other manufacturers that make similar devices. And so they'll be able to hopefully get all of the other manufacturers on the same page, along with the Google and the Apple ones, if Google comes out with one, because they don't have one currently at this time. But hopefully they will come out with one and they'll all be on the same page. And uh, that way, if someone tries to do something 
you know, fishy, you know, mm-hmm. then you'll get alerted or you'll know that there's a device around you and you'll be alerted that this is not your device and mm-hmm. to, Hey, pay attention that there could be some foul play around you, you know, you know, just be aware of your surroundings. There's one thing that really just bugs me about that whole thing though. You know, everybody says air tags are so bad because people can track you. There is nothing that Apple has done with air tags that hasn't been done before with tile and tile, the tracker. Yeah, yeah that bugs mm-hmm. me too. I right. think this is the first time this has ever happened. Like no one really right. thought of this until the air tag. Give me a break. Well, anybody who has an iPhone and and uh, they know that you could do the exact same thing with your phone. Right. Your phone is t- tracking right. you everywhere you go. You can, or with a tile tracker. Could, like pop on and see where you are, you know, if you sure. wanted them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the a lot of the issue is too that people were putting tags in people's cars and they weren't aware of it. Well, well I that's, guess my that's, my question too is like with the Apple Air tags, at least they're pretty expensive. I mean, I would like to get a pack of them, but there's mm-hmm. like ninety nine bucks for a pack of what pack of four or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but you can buy one for like thirty dollars, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's about the same price as the tiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about it is with the tracking, and that's what I mean, like people are using them to tr- put them in cars and track people, but they could have done the same thing with tile and it works the same way. Like it still uses an iPhone or an Android phone. If you have the tile app, uh, you can, you can track where your stuff is or where your tracker is. I mean, people have, have found stolen cars because of tile. Sure they have. Yep. You know? Um, but because Apple made it popular, then everybody used it for wrongdoing. And I, mm-hmm. it, everybody says blame Apple. And then everyone's because, coming down on Apple because mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I'm so excited, what I'm excited about with this though, real quick is this will be able to make Android phones, Chromebooks, Android tablets, all part of the find my network. Yes. Trackable. So, yeah. mm-hmm. able so to you track. could, you could possibly add your pixel to your find my. And that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be. Does that mean you'd be able to take like a Pixel phone if you owned one and add it to your Apple account? Yes. So that mm-hmm. you'd be able to see that device, even though it's not an Apple device, Correct. in your Find My Network? Mm-hmm. Or your Chromebook. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what's really exciting about this. That would be awesome. Definitely. Well, I guess it'd be awesome. Bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. So it just means more interconnectedness. Um, mm-hmm. You know, speaking of more interconnectedness, um, Angie, this is a topic that uh, you can talk about. Microsoft is rolling out the phone link app to more and more users. I don't have it yet. It uh, still says coming soon for me. It's a stage rollout and I'm not a fan of those. But what are your initial impressions of phone link with the iPhone? It's got some work to do, um, but you can, you can, I can connect my phone to my, my PC. I can see notifications. Um, my screen reader reads them as they come through. I can make a phone call. I can, you know, like, end calls, you know, the, the phone part of it works really, really well. Um, I wasn't able to see, of all things, incoming messages. I can send messages just fine. Uh, you can't do audio. You can't do uh, pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, no, 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 no MMS, video. Basically, right, right. Um, I, 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 I like where it's going, and I hope it continues 
the trend. You know, it, 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 it's, it's good so far. Uh, the connection part was kind of, you, you scan a QR code and um, just follow the, dire the directions on your, your PC and your phone, and that connects you via Bluetooth. And that's essentially what it is. It connects mm -hmm. via Bluetooth. And then when you open, you know, I have a laptop, so when I open my, open my laptop, it grabs my phone and starts pulling down notifications right away. Uh, so that end is kind of neat. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm, it's geeky, you know, yeah. um, but the, uh, the, the, and I'm not sure if it's something I'm not doing, but I, I can't, I can't see incoming messages. I can only see what I send. Mm -hmm. That's strange. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. So what, what I've gotten to do with it works super well. I'll put it that way. Right. It sounds like it's still something that they need to yeah. improve. Now, when you yeah. scan well, the QR... Well, it just came out in March, so... Mm -hmm. Is this a every one version, or is this a beta version? It's live now, I guess. It's rolling out to everyone it's rolling slowly. Out. Right. It's like a really a majorly staggered release. Kind of like... I was uh, impressed. Kind of like, like our, our slow rollout. GPT-4. <laughs> Yeah. Sad GPT. <laughs> it's kind of like nice. the other slow rollout that's happening right now, and that's Blue Sky. Oh, yes. Nice segue. Nice yeah. segue. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Blue Sky is becoming very popular. Uh, more and more people are getting invites, and a lot of communities have moved over to Blue Sky from Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. So Twitter is really tanking right now. I mean, we keep saying that. It feels like every few weeks, Twitter's tanking again. You think it can't get any worse? Right, but it does. It does. And the pretty reason it's just going to implode. So. It should. I mean, pretty yeah. soon it's just going to implode, and mm -hmm. there's going to be so many people just gone to other places that you know the stock on it's just going to be mm -hmm. in the tanker. Mm -hmm. Because what's happened now is Elon um, has allowed other people to get their check marks back because nobody is paying for them. Um, recently, a lot of people's check marks uh, that have been verified for a long time that have said they're not going to pay for Twitter blue have lost their check marks. So they're jumping ship and they wanted somewhere to go to. So, you know, magically they had invites to blue sky and so mm -hmm. they've tried it out and they like it. Blue Sky was created by Jack Dorsey, the creator of, or the CEO at one point of Twitter, and he said that it would be a decentralized place, a social network similar to Mastodon. We have not seen that yet. It's still been one server, um, which requires you to have an invite to, but I don't think it's, I don't think the grass is necessarily greener. It has its other own problems. Accessibility appears to be an issue, and um, there is, the word is, is that the trolls and, and people that are fans of hate speech are just waiting at the gates to get into this thing. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Even though they would have Twitter, so they would have their own network, but... Well, they, they, they but they can't troll and, and hate on each other. They well, have right. to, you know, do it yeah. to other people. So, I, I... And then there's a lot of talk about um, Mastodon... Uh, losing its chance to become the next big Twitter. And I always, when people say this, I always say, look, Mastodon could not support 300 million people at once. It just right. can't. It has to be a slow, you know, join. And people are still joining. 
Um, but, you know, everybody in the media is like, no, Mastodon is not the place to be because you have to um, be part of the, the – you have to figure out where you want to go, and that's confusing. Yeah, the instances and the mm-hmm. – But, but when, I've heard – Go ahead. Uh, I've heard that uh, Mastodon is trying to help make the sign-up process easier for people. They did, um, and they made a mistake in doing that, and I'll tell you why. From what I've heard, they've changed the sign-up process to promote Mastodon.social. Yes, yes. Yep. And because yes. they did that, apparently 400 accounts were created last night that have been used to spam people on pretty much mm-hmm. every Fediverse server. Oh, um, wow. I got it. I think, Andy, I did, you got one. I, two. I got two. You got two. I got two. Wow. I got one, and I, I reported it, and I got one another one right after. Wow. Oh, I didn't get anything. And I think it has to do with how much people are, are visible. It's very interesting, though, because, man, I'll tell you what, if they had as much crypto as they said they were giving out to people, we somebody would be rich. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't really, you wouldn't, as an administrator of an instance, like as as you are, Michael, that... You wouldn't be able to defederate um, Mastodon, the main Mastodon server, no. right? Because you would really—that's the unfortunate part. Because you would really shut a lot of people, right. you know, out. It makes up twenty percent of Mastodon. It's huge, but but there is one thing you can do: is limit the number of posts and, and amount that can come in from an instance. Mindly.social mm-hmm. apparently put out an alert that they are limiting Mastodon.social and they are making it to where uh, there's an option that you can you only see posts from that server if you follow somebody on that server. And that might be what we all have to do. That might be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's a, a shame that, you know, decisions like that have to happen. But what and if, going, if they're going to keep it what it is right now and, and mm-hmm. not turn it into, you know, the mess that Twitter became. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I always felt like Mastodon had somewhat it. of a um, identity crisis. The sort of there's always the, this debate about what we want Mastodon to be. You know, mm-hmm. do do we want it? Some people would like it to be a Twitter replacement. Mm-hmm. Some people say no, they want it to be. And then a lot of people say it's nothing but tech bros on there. And, you know, it, it it seems like it's hard for, are we on the same page about what we want Mastodon to be? I think um, it should be able to be different things for different people because there are so many instances for different things. Mm-hmm. Like it could be, you know, if, if it's done right, it could be whatever you need it to be. Yeah, and, and there's some people that don't like re, um, not retweets, but I don't know what they, I forget what the they quotes, call it. Re, the quote, the quote, uh, quote. Yeah, like they they don't want that. They, quote posts. They want to stop things like that. And Well, then just don't if, do it. You don't have to do it. Yeah, but I think you know. that's the issue is that so, people are doing stuff that they did on Twitter because mm-hmm. it's because not because they want it to be Twitter, but because there's a need to do a certain thing. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes there is a need to quote people. Mm-hmm. Well, and, um, and I do think quote, uh, quote posts need to be better. 
But mm-hmm. I think that, uh, they, and it's a great feature. I have had conversations with folks and they say that it's used for abuse on Twitter and things like that. I've never seen it be used for that, but I've, mm-hmm. but I've never been in but those circles. Right. I've never been in those circles. So I think it just depends on what part of Twitter you're in and things like that. I've never had problems on Twitter, but I would, if somebody gave me problems, I'd block them. It's, you yeah. Know. Well, that's what I did too. But I noticed um, during a certain period in our, in our political history, uh, I was getting a lot of stuff from people I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I getting this stuff? I mean, why is the timeline, uh, the algorithm sending me? Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff it was sending me, you know, oh, and, and I don't know why. It was weird. And that's then, why I love Mastodon because I there is no algorithm, it, right? It's just fantastic. It's it's amazing, and so you know, I, you know the the last thing I want to talk about. We've had a very long tech news segment on here this episode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this was also part of our discussion. But I want to uh, kind of talk about something before we get on to our second Mastodon talk for today. And um, that's about our IACast Plus. IACast Plus is our new premium podcast feed where you can listen to outtakes and other content from the IACast team. And it is at IACast.net slash IACast Plus. It's a minimum of $3. You can use Apple Pay. We make it very easy to subscribe. So check that out. And uh, you can hear all of our great outtakes from uh, our episodes that we uh, um, have taken out. So uh, they are very funny. They are hilarious. I so, ate bloopers, guys. Go check yes, it out. Yes. Funny stuff. So check that out, and then we'll do special events on there as well. So that's very exciting, and, um, you know, we may have yeah, one Google I.O. is coming. Yes, Google I.O. is coming up, which will be a special event on the IACast Plus feed. So uh, very exciting there. So let's continue about Mastodon, and that's to bring up the Mona app. And I'm... Uh, it may be somebody's pick today, but I want to talk about it because it is important. And the reason why I say it's important is because uh, it also ties into subscriptions because it doesn't have one. And Ivory does. Yay and I feel, for Mona, yes. because that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like I'm subscriptioned out. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. You know, I feel like subscriptions are... You know, you're technically buy, paying for a subscription. You know, when you bought Office 28 or 2017 or whatever version it is, then there's 2020 and then yeah. there's 2023. You're, you're te- renting it. You're, you're technically buying a subscription anyway because you're having to keep up to date. Right. So the fact that we would be paying for, you know, software every few years, you're technically doing the same as a subscription. We're just fooling ourselves to think we're not. Because a lot of times that old software we have becomes unsupported, insecure, obsolete, or just doesn't even work anymore. But we'll, we'll get into all of that in just a minute. I want to go back to Mona. And, and the reason is the Mona app for Mastodon on iPhone, the Mac, iPad is just fantastic. Oh, good. I haven't and, tried it yet, but... And it gives you so many features. 
My favorite two features are the communities tab where you can add other servers and just browse that server, their local and federated feeds. And also the ability to find somebody's profile and go to an option that says load from remote server. Now, what do uh-huh. you guys think that does? It brings down all your content that you oh, already yeah. have on there without having to redo it all from scratch again. No, even oh. better. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes it would take the material directly from the instance, right? It does the, do the that. other instance. But what is not kept on your instance because it pulls down all the posts and things that uh, are on your instance. You, you see all of the, their posts and things since you've been following them. But what is the one thing that is not kept on your instance? Who they Here's, follow right. and who they're following. Ah, yes. Uh-huh. Or who, who their followers are and who they're following. So mm-hmm. load from remote server actually allows for you to see who they're following and who their followers are without actually going to that web page. That's no other client cool. does that. No other client no that other I know of can do that. that. Yeah. No. They cannot. Wow, that's amazing. Because that really addresses one of the uh, criticisms that people have about Mastodon is that they they can't find people. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the big criticisms. Mm-hmm. So there's two criticisms, search and then that. Mm-hmm. That addresses the, uh, it addresses communities, figuring out where people are and just, you know, following the community and finding new people to interact with and the ability to find people to talk to. And I feel like that's huge. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Well, I think that, oh, go ahead. I think it's great. I mean, I think if you're somebody who takes the time to post um, you don't really want to be talking to yourself, right? You want right. Your, your message to get out there. So I think this is a great step forward in that regard. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people like features and the capability to being able to do all the things. So that's really good. And for it to work on all the platforms, if you know, you're a Mac, iPhone, and iPad user, then... That's great. You have an actual true native app across the board. I think people love that. So it looked like when I was looking at it in the app store that there are different tiers, um, different price points, mm-hmm. um, depending on like whether you already have uh, Spring. Um, Spring. Right. If you had or, Spring, it's cheaper. Um, or if you wanted... I'm trying to think what else. There was some. There were a couple tiers, two or three, I think, depending on there what was the you. The Pro and the Pro Max. Pro the, Max. The Pro gives you access on one device. One device. Pro okay. Max gives you access on all of your devices. All of your yeah. Which one did you get, Angie? Pro Max. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I was a spring. I was a spring. Uh, spring user before, so I just I just went with that. Well, like we were talking about, there's no subscription. So even if you get the Pro Max, which is the one that gets you on all the devices, 
it's still only what fifteen bucks or something, fifteen or sixteen dollars. It's yeah, it's that's not that's unreasonable, fun. right? That's no, absolutely reasonable. Yeah, that's great. I I would definitely mm-hmm. pay that. That is not unreasonable to have a native app on all three platforms that sync and do all mm-hmm. the things you and need. And it's to super do. accessible. It's really customizable. Yes. Um, the feature the feature set is just amazing. Yes. Um, it has really good. If, if you're a Bluetooth keyboard user. Uh, on your iPhone mm-hmm. or your yes. iPad, it has really amazing keyboard support. Yeah, you can really, even hook up a game controller and scroll up and down with the joysticks or or the. <laughs> oh, that's cool! Yeah, <laughs> that is really cool. Awesome. Yes, I don't know that I would use that, but go, Michael. Did you try? You, you tried this, right? I have not actually, but oh my you know, for the sake of doing it, I might have to just try it. And just see do how it. it goes. Yeah, just try it and see. That it even shows that's crazy. Your experience it even it. Yeah. shows on their app store page, and that would be neat if it worked with voiceover as you're scrolling through a change. Oh like God. that yeah. would be neat, uh, but it actually shows Screen on the share. app store page. Um, uh, it shows game controller support, so that's really neat. Oh my God! Well, they do say it does work with voiceover across all the platforms. Mm-hmm. So it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. I. Definitely appreciate any developer who takes the time to implement the accessibility features so that everyone can use the app. It's super. So. It's amazing. It, it, it just is, is, is really good. Mm-hmm. And, so and I think I think between us all, we probably use like six different. I know at one point I had like like six different Mastodon clients, and and the yes, two that I keep going I back too. to um, are are uh, I like Toot with three O's. Mm-hmm. And I Ivory for its sounds, and but Mona is, you know, I I use that on, on the daily. That's the uh, client that I routinely open and actually interact with. Now the one mm-hmm. that I did like was toot with two O's and the exclamation mark. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. No, that, the that's one. the one that I that I that I use. I'm sorry. And right. and the reason yeah. why I like that one is it has administrator notifications. So if mm-hmm. somebody signs up on your server, it will say so and so signed up. It's and I the also only like client it's, that it's, does that. And it also has fun noises. Yes. Hmm. So usually when I get like an app mention or, um, you know, when someone engages with you, you know it right away. Yeah. Because that app yes. is so distinctive. You And you could change <clears throat> the noises, but it does have an you elephant can. noise. But Yes. I do like that it does have the the Mastodon um, app noise. Like they actually have the original Mastodon app Mastodon. noise. Mastodon. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, um, but that's the Mona app and very exciting stuff. But, you know, the, the main topic I wanted to talk about today, we've had a lot of stuff to talk about. This has been one of our more packed episodes of the IA cast. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to get crazier and crazier. Yep. Coming up on the whole yeah, keynote the announcements stuff. Google I.O. and then WWDC Apple. is going to be crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be a busy month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, May and so, June are going to be nuts. Yes. So voice dream reader, I'm sure everybody who listens to the podcast knows it has gone to a subscription model. Uh, it's very buggy because I redownloaded the app and got prompted oh to God. subscribe. Even though I owned the app, I purchased it. Uh, it still gave me that. Um, it's just a, a bit of, uh, they could have done it better. And it's kind of like we, a lot of podcasts talked about Ira. When they made mm-hmm. changes to their plans, they did not explain things well. So people 
were very confused about the pricing that they would have to pay. And I feel like that's kind of the same with this. And I feel like this is just one more example of an app that is a subscription now that is going to add subscription fatigue to a lot of users. I mean, mm. you have Voice Dream, you have Bookshare, you have um, Audible, you have Kindle. Uh, you know, if people saw my subscription Prime. list. You mm-hmm. have your Apple one. Right. Right. And, and it's time. And on and on and on. It just goes Time on. when the cost Netflix of living is doing. going up. Like right. People are right. people are actually going to start looking at that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buying well, you, you know, you got to survive. You got to pay to live. Yeah. You know. So and, and and so I guess the question is how do we how do we reward developers if we don't like the subscription model? Well, I don't even mind the subscription model so much, but gosh, 60 bucks. 60 bucks though. I better it better do you know, 80 bucks for you know, Bookshare? Right. I mean, that's nuts. Come on now. That's Here's ridiculous. my biggest fear is that once you start hitting $50, $60, for um, subscriptions, you're really going to have to pick and choose what it is that yes, you're you going to use. Yeah. Because like, I don't know about everyone else, but once you hit, you know, four five, six apps at that price, you know, that's really starting to kick into your yep, app, to your budget. you know, yep. budget of what you're going to be spending. And you're going to really have to decide what it is you're going to spend your money on because I guarantee you that most people can't afford, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks on all the things, you know? So you're going to have to really decide what's going to be the things that you're going to pay for. And uh, I don't know. I think developers are going to think twice, or at least I'd like to hope that developers will think twice about how much they're charging and maybe they would rather have a lot more subscribers at a lesser price than few subscribers at a maximum price. Well, you know, a service that I really like and I really support, and I hate that I had to do this, there's a a service on the Mac called SetApp. Have you all heard of this? Yep. Uh I have it actually currently. Have you, Angie? I've heard of it, but I've not used it. So it's oh, is that the one where you can get like tons of different apps and like yeah. a kind of a bundle sort of thing? Ten dollars a month. monthly fee, mm-hmm. and then they have you know a bunch Netflix of for apps. apps on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. But the thing about it is, is you're paying ten dollars a month forever, right? Yeah. To, right. to have the same apps. And now, when you stop, you lose all those apps. Right. You lose the apps. Now, right. I could buy, you know. Clean my Mac is $35 a year, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so if I'm paying $10 a year, that's about what, you know, $120? So then yeah. I look at, uh, I look at um, let's see, Mars Edit. Okay. I'll just buy that app and, you know, I own it, right? Right. Yep. And I just go and get these other apps that I want that are pretty cheap. They're not very expensive. And I've done all of that purchasing and I own those apps. Yeah. Right? That's how so, I'd rather I'd rather do it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at subscriptions. What are you getting for the money you're paying? That's right. right. That's exactly what well, I was going to bring up. That's why Here's I said, something, though, that I will say that setup does, in my situation, mm-hmm. give me the ability to be able to do. 
Like I be- believe what Michael's saying is a great thing because you buy the app, you own it, you're done with it. You can use it as much or as little as you want and not feel bad and all of that good stuff. At least if I, like for me, I'm using set app, they're adding new apps all the time. And if there's an app I do like, and I do want to try it, it's not going to cost me anything to go down the full version of it, download the full mm-hmm. version of it and give it a try to make sure, mm-hmm. is it something I'm going to like? Is it something I'm mm-hmm. going to use? And does it work with voiceover? Because exactly. a lot of times right. you don't even know you spend money on something and then it doesn't work with voiceover or it not turned out to be what it is mm-hmm. you were expecting yeah. and you end up wasting money. So you know, that's yeah, one thing all, I do appreciate about having set up. Another little uh-huh. trick you can do, depending on how much that app costs, you can go and subscribe to set up for a month, try it out, cancel your subscription, and then buy the app. Yeah. That's another option. Right. And right. Right. The, the reason why I say that is uh, if you say you're, you want to share your setup with a family, that's another $10 on top of your, um, your subscription. Now, another thing that really is painful with setup is if you want to add another Mac, it's another addition on your on your subscription. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It's one okay. device for your subscription. So, so if you get a new Mac, does that that's no, that, no, 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 that's okay. That doesn't okay. one machine at a time. But mm-hmm. if you have two Macs, like I have a MacBook Pro and a MacBook Air and an iPhone. So right, each of right. those devices adds like two to three dollars, I believe, on top of your setup. So those are things. Well, to I don't look think. At. I think mm-hmm. so. I have a MacBook Pro, and then I have the home studio. So I pay fifteen, and I get it on both the computers. But if there's an iPhone version, I don't have to pay. You any do extra get it for built it. in with that. Okay, but again, and then if you have a family account. Um, that makes it up to $20 plus any other Macs you have or your family has. So that can get expensive. Whereas yeah. if you buy the app, you get it for your family. You, you know, if you have the family with Apple, you get it on five family members' machines. All your IDs. Mm-hmm. So right. there's, there's again, it's what is the right situation for you and, and your group. But also it kind of goes back to Netflix, like, I'm kind of buying all of the TV series that I really like on iTunes because, you know, I have more Apple devices. If I were in Android land, I'd buy them on Google Play, right? Mm-hmm. But that way, if I don't, if one day Paramount Plus says, we're not making Star Trek anymore, well, then I could just cancel Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. And same, same for Netflix. Whenever Stranger Things is done, Netflix is going away. You know, Disney Plus is a lot more reasonable. It's like six dollars, and yeah. you know there's there's a lot of things with that. But you know when you're looking at twenty dollars for Netflix, however much for Hulu, and some of these others, and Netflix just keeps going up and up and mm-hmm. up and up and up. And the yeah, password, that's and the, the password issue as well. Oh yeah, which is that too. looming. Mm-hmm. You know, right. we have to decide what is the best option for us, and I think that's really what I wanted to really drill home here on the podcast is. When we're looking at like voice dream, you know, what is the right option? Is speech central the right option because it's free? Well, maybe they don't have the amount of voices that you like. Then, you know, look at, you know, you can stay with voice dream, but if it just depends on what you need 
for your situation and what you're able to afford will determine, you know, what you can do. Because with VoiceDream, you're looking at a subscription for iPhone or iOS and a subscription for the Mac. So, again, that's getting pretty expensive per year, mm-hmm. you know. And so the question is, if we don't like the subscription model, how do we reward developers for how do we incentivize them to continue developing, supporting, marketing um, their apps into the future? Like, I I think I think a subscription fee isn't necessarily bad. Right. Just, you know, at what cost, you know, right, I mean, right, right, right. I understand that they want to make as much money as possible, you know, but some are 10 or $20 a year, you know, and some are 50, 60, 70, $80 yeah, a year. That's, so that just goes, and the thing is, if you pay that price, you don't even know what you're going to get. Right. Maybe you won't get anything. There's a particular the app. thing too, with, with the, the latest updates to voice stream reader, it just has bug fixes. So we're not really getting anything yet for, you mm-hmm. know, Mm-hmm. All this revenue increase. It's just maintaining the and app. Right. Now here you have a competitor who's willing to give it to you for free. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely would be investigating that and seeing, is it going to do all the things that VoiceStream did for me and at a zero right. cost and definitely not $60 a year per device, right? Is that what it is? 60 per year per mm-hmm. device? Yeah. No. So you have to pay for, for iOS. For, new, mm-hmm. for iOS. For new if users. you want it on Mac, is that going to be a separate 60 bucks yes. a year? Well, however much they're charging for the Mac version. I don't remember how much that is. Because yeah, so developers, that... you know, have to keep their apps up to date when the plat when the um IO the the mm-hmm. iOS updates come or the Mac and, updates and come. They need to and eat too. <laughs> yes, right. exactly. So that's the, that's what I always think about. Like I do want to reward developers. Mm-hmm for what they do because i know it's hard it's hard work being a developer i'm sure it and is. that's what not many many people realize that, like how much work goes into, mm-hmm. into yeah but it just depends on sense. if the developer is charging a responsible rate for the features right. that they're adding right and so i want what i want people to take away because we're going to have to wrap up pretty soon there's so much more we could talk about on this um what i think people need to take away from this and tell me if you guys agree be mindful of what you're subscribing you know you may hear this app is amazing. It's great. And you may hear about it from a friend. Okay, try the demo. Usually they have like a seven-day demo before you subscribe like and start paying. Try those things and, and make sure it's what you want. Like, you know, I pay for, there's a subscription I have that's $40 a month. Um, sounds crazy. Wow. okay. Um, and it's LinkedIn Learning and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically can teach you everything from how to code to be a better person in business. Um, and it's a great subscription. I've used it. It used to be called lynda.com and it was a fantastic service. And so that's why I keep supporting it. Uh, it was bought by micro, uh, by LinkedIn, which is owned by Microsoft. But again, it just depends on what your needs are and where you need to, you know, save money and how you're going to do that. So like for me, setup was, you know, on the chopping block because I could just buy, Mars Edit, Rapid Weaver, and and clean my Mac, and all the, all those kind of things, and it was great for me. But, yeah, and some people would say, you know, subscription to Chat GPT Plus. This is the mm-hmm. craziest thing ever. 
but I, I couldn't be without it. I just right. love it. <laughs> so it's worth and, it to me. And I chose to actually stick with set app because for me, mm-hmm. just clean my Mac and clear VPN, which are both owned by the same company, the same company that makes set app outside of set app. They're both subscriptions mm-hmm. per year. And so I figure I want to pay a subscription. I'd rather just pay to set app. Mm-hmm. I use those two apps, get the full versions. Plus I get a whole library of apps that I also get to play with and use mm-hmm. and all of that anyway. So for exactly. me in that aspect, it was kind of a wash for me. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to have to wrap up here pretty soon, but do you guys have any final thoughts before we move to our picks for the, for the day? Subscribe responsibly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pay, pay, pick what you need. I like that. Yeah. That's what the name. You need and... That's the name of the episode. That is totally subscribe responsibly. Yes. <laughs> ding ding. That, Thank you. That is great. For the title. Yes. <laughs> that was excellent. Well said. All right. So that's going to do it for our discussion today. But as usual, mm-hmm. we have our picks that we would like to go through. Uh, so, Marty, you want to kick us off with your pick and where people can find you online? Sure. So my pick actually is going to be Just Press Record. And the reason why I'm picking that app is, A, because it works amazing across all the platforms, Mac, iPad, and iPhone, and the Apple Watch. And there was a conversation I had recently where people were asking, do you use the keyboard on uh, your Apple Watch? Some people said yes. Some people said, no, it's too much of a pain. Well, Just Press Record saves you a lot of time if you don't want to use the keyboard because, first of all, it works with voiceover. It's super easy to use. And you can record your audio just like we're doing now. But it also transcribes in text as well at the same time. So you have both, actually. So there you go. Give it a try. It's an awesome tool to have, especially on the Apple Watch. And if anyone wants to get a hold of me, you can reach me at feedback at unmute.show. So I want to point out something. If you go back way in the archives to like episode five, if it's still available of this show, it's like episode five or something like that. I recorded an an entire episode of the show on the Apple Watch using Just Press Record. There you go. Wow. And I can speak to that app too. It's awesome. I love it. It, It's like a little mic on your wrist. It's beautiful. It was on the Series Zero Apple Watch. Nice. And I will also add, they've updated Just Press Record quite a bit since then, and they continue (laughs) to update it. And it's not a prescription or subscription, excuse me. Uh, It's a one flat fee, and you get it on all the platforms. It's wonderful. There you go. It's a wonderful app. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, So, Lynn, what is your pick for this week, and where can people find you online? Mac Whisper. It's one of my favorite apps and it will take audio and transform it and no, transform it. What's the word I'm trying to say? Transcribe. Um, transcribe. <laughs> Sorry. Transcribe it into text. And I use it on the Mac. It's very simple to use. Awesome app. And I have the pro version. But you wouldn't need to get the pro version. I think the pro version is like 16 bucks, um, which isn't much. And it's not a subscription. It's just a one-time thing. Um, 
but I just think it's an awesome app and um, it's very fast depending on, you know, depending on your Mac and it's how, um, you know, how much Ram you have mm-hmm. um, and the, your processor and all that. So it is pretty, you know, it's pretty resource intensive, I think. Um, yes. it, mm-hmm. it tends to choke on itself a little bit. I have eight gigs of Ram. Um, and it does choke on itself a little bit. Like it'll say, you know, not responding, but eventually it'll straighten itself out and get, get going again. So I really, really like this app. Um, you, you know, I can run an hour worth of audio through it and it'll, ju- it does a, a beautiful job of uh, transcribing. So I really, really like that. And I don't have a public email yet, but I'm working on that. So. Excellent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have you back on. And when you have that, we can share that out to everybody. Great. Excellent. Angie, what is your pick for this episode and where can people find you online? My pick is Mona for Mac. Um, I like all the iterations of Mona, but Mona for Mac is just a really good Mastodon client. It's a clean interface, super easy to use. Go check it out. And you can find me online at tech enthusiast at dragonscave.space. That's my Mastodon uh, ID. Excellent. And so my pick, and I think we're coming in right at the wire here. So that's great. Right at the hour. Um, so that's excellent. My pick is the uh, new, well, I guess a year old or two years old Nintendo switch OLED edition. Uh, I purchased this last weekend. I've been playing with it. Really neat device. I was able to unbox it and set it up. It has um, tech. It has a magnification, really nice. And looks really good. Great screen. Great. Uh, it doesn't have the best sound, but it does work really well. Especially if you hook it up to a TV, the load times are better. Better kickstand. It has an Ethernet port in the base where it didn't before, and um, things like that. So very nice device. As where people find can find me online, you could find me online at Mike Doeys. That's M I K E D O I S E at techopolis.social, on Mastodon, I'm MikeDoeys at iCloud.com, and you can find me on Facebook, Michael Doeys. So I'm all over the web. So just do a search for me. And um, thank you guys for being here. Really appreciate all of you guys, uh, Angie, Lynn, Marty. You guys have been awesome. We've had some great discussions in the very short hour. It feels like... It's been great fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's It's an honor. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We hope that you guys will thank be you, back on. What's that, Marty? Thank you. Thank you. I said, yeah. So it's <laughs> been really good. And, uh, all of you guys that don't sound like you're the best, I hope y'all feel better. And, um, yeah, so it's been really great having y'all and we'll see you all next time. Thank you everybody on YouTube and we'll uh, talk soon. Thanks everybody. All right. Bye. Later. Thank you for tuning in to the IA cast. We hope you enjoyed the show and found the conversation to be insightful and informative. If you have any feedback or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at feedback at IACast.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at IACast Network to stay informed about new episodes and other updates. Don't forget to check out more great podcasts on the IACast Network, IACast.net. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.